What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? Good. Awesome. Awesome. Listen, uh, if you're a guest today, we are so pumped up that you decided to come hang out with us at Four Points Church. God is doing so many amazing things, and today is no exception to what is happening. So let me just give you a little bit of background on what you missed last week if you are first time or if you haven't been in a while. Last week we started Live Free or Die Trying with that awesome, right? So this is what it's about. This is what it's about. What does it look like to live the life of freedom? Like, what does it really look like to take the step out, to walk toward the Lord in freedom? So we're looking at the life of Abraham, and in particular, we started in Genesis chapter 12. And in the first 12 verses, we learned that Abraham, or in the first eight verses, we learned that Abraham left where he was, a place of comfort called Ur, and went to a place that he did not know. And that's what faith really looks like. And so today, we're just going to continue with where we were. Before we do, do y'all have your worship guides? Once you take them out, take your worship guides out. And I want y'all to fill out the back, if you will, everybody. And, and when you leave today, we got a place where you can drop the, your pins off. And I want y'all to not only drop your pins off in the bucket, but also fill this out. And this is why I'm telling you this. This is why I'm telling you this. At the end, I'm going to ask you to do something with this, okay? So go ahead and fill out a little bit of it. We want your information. And even if you've come here a hundred times, we would like for you to fill that out. But at the end, it's going to be really important because it might be something that you need to keep or it might be something that you can drop. Also, if, uh, if you're wondering, we don't pass uh, offering plates. Uh, if you're a first-time guest or a third-time guest and we haven't talked about it, uh, we, haven't, we don't pass offering plates. Um, it's just a personal preference for us, but we believe in kind of the privacy that part of worship is how you give. And so you can give online. If you go to fourpoints.org, you can give on our giving kiosks at our giving center, or there's boxes all around the room, and you can drop checks, cash coins, whatever, in there if, if you want to give today, and we're honored um, that so many of you do. So, um, how many of y'all, let's just be honest, let's just be honest with where we are today. As y'all continue to write, I want to know, how many of y'all are stressed out based on something that's going on in your life? Stressed out, be honest, be honest. Right now, right now, for those of you that did not raise your hand, that's awesome, okay, and I'm not sure if I believe you, but I'm not mad at you because life is stressful, isn't it, right? And so I'm going I'm to get to y'all that didn't raise your hand in a second, but some of you really aren't stressed out, by the way, but you will be, won't you, in the next couple weeks because that's just life. I brought some stuff up today that kind of represents my life, but hopefully it also represents um, your lives as well. And in this particular case, this does not represent my life and why I'm stressful much because... Um, the makeup part especially is not something that I get into quite often. You know what I'm saying? Like probably on the stage I should put on, like, let's see, this color will be good. And like the shininess will go away. But like this doesn't, this, this isn't like a stressful thing for me to try to look good. And, and I don't really look in the mirror much. I'll probably give it a glance for about five seconds was too long. For about a second and a half after I get ready and all I say, yep, it's good. All right, that's long enough. But like some of y'all, some of y'all, this is an area of stress in your life. Is that right? So this is an area of stress. Some of y'all need to say, yes, it's an area of stress, right? Because like when, when I got here this morning, I'll give you an example. When I got here this morning, uh, the band was finishing run, doing their run through, and one of our girls in the band said, okay, it's time for me to put my face on. And I was like, the heck is putting my face on mean? And she meant this, getting ready and doing what, whatever y'all do and all that stuff, and then putting your face on. Thank God every man in here should say amen. Thank God I don't have to put my face on. But anyway, that's an area of stress. Because here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. 
Everyone is told if I don't look good enough, especially ladies, this is you. If I don't look good enough, then I'm not good enough. Is that right? Do y'all agree? If I don't look good enough or look like that girl that I wish I could look like, I'm not good enough. And this begins to define us. So the way that we look. Here's another one. Here's another one. My job. This is a nice uh, Leah hammer with leather on it. So you can tell it gets a lot of work. But, but some, we, this, this represents a job, construction type jobs. But it's all different kinds of jobs, isn't it? Some of you are like, I don't have a stressful job. That means you don't have a job. If you don't have a stressful job, you don't have a job because every job I've ever seen at some point in time is stressful, isn't it? And some jobs more stressful than others. And, and it kind of reminds me of why my job and a lot of your jobs are stressful. This is my calendar for the month of October. Red means I have something to do that day. There's a lot of blank pages, aren't there? Right? And a lot of y'all have more red than I do because there's more things to do than I do because you got ball games and you got this thing and you got this thing and you got to keep up and you can't ever have time and you can't catch your breath because mamas, it's time for y'all to speak out and get Pentecostal holiness because of our freaking kids, right? Thank you. Someone say hallelujah. This is why some of you are stressed right now. Ah! Right? Daddy, daddy, daddy. What? You don't want anything. You just want to say my name like a goat. I don't understand what you're doing. And then, how many of y'all do this? How many of y'all do this? I think I've already said this before, but it never gets old for me on the bad end, so it probably won't get old for you on the good end. Why are the toys always when I'm walking? Huh? Slip! Ah! And then think bad words. You don't ever say them, right? Like, it, it, it's so annoying. And, like, and then, some of y'all have older kids, right? You're adults, and you have adult kids. And it never stops, does it? The stress for your kids, the love for your kids, the, the thing that you never understand until you're a parent, that, that you worry for them when they're at school and you didn't think you ever would. I, I'm not a worrier. I'm never going to worry about that. Yes, you will when you have a parent. And it may not be all day, and it may not be consumes you, but let something bad happen. Y'all with me? Let something bad happen, and then the game changes. And so our kids, our calendar, our jobs, I got this to represent a textbook. If y'all are anything like me, this isn't fun. Some of y'all, listen, I'm not down on school. I'm not, we got awesome teachers. My wife is a teacher, and a lot of you ladies and men are in this room are educators, and I'm grateful for you. But I never liked school. Like, it was so stressful for me because, I guess because I wasn't like a 200 IQ guy, so it did, I couldn't just, like, show up because I just wanted to show up, right, and make straight A's. And then having to study, it's like, it seems like I should just know the stuff, right? Why do they make me have to study? Well, listen, this is a side note. This isn't even part of the message, y'all. Y'all just stay with me. What the heck is homework? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Homework. I'm at school for eight hours a day. Why do I have it at home? Mm. Anyway, some of the teachers are mad at me right now, and I don't care, and I love y'all. But it's, uh, what does that even mean, homework? I was just at school all day. Sorry, that was just a side note. In college is a little different. You don't go to school all day. You get to take those naps that I talked about before. Someone say praise Jesus for those naps. So, so a little bit of homework at, at college is different. Homework. All right. And then there's this, right? This is what's crazy to me about this guy. A little dirty. But this is what's crazy to me about this guy. This, like, consumes us, doesn't it? This is, like, if you're big, little chubby, like this guy, like, like I understand that we want to weigh a certain thing. But, like, the skinny people bother me. 
Do they not bother y'all? They walk in on the scale and they're like, the, the body mass index says I should weigh 106 and I weigh 104. And so maybe I should gain. But that, but 110? Oh. Right? Oh. What are you, 110? I've had bowel movements that were 110 pounds. What are you talking about? 110? Talking about, I need to lose a little bit of weight. This is awful. You need to eat a biscuit. You don't need to lose some weight. It's not that big of a deal, for real. But listen, this right here, this right here, it consumes us. It overwhelms us. Because the only thing we think is, what do those digits right there say? And it has to be good enough. It has to be. Because I'm not good enough if this says something that it shouldn't say. And it, it consumes us. It begins to overwhelm us. And then maybe my favorite ones that I'm getting to now, bills. Ah! That is a four-letter word, isn't it? Bill. That, I might as well cuss right now. Bill. That, y'all are thinking cuss words all in y'all's mind, just like I am. Bill. Because, what? and then it, this goes along with it. Some of y'all's wallets look like mine. Huh? Right? Empty. Nope. There's nothing in there. And it, it's like, I can never get enough. There's never enough money. There's never enough time. It stresses me out. My circumstances are overwhelming me today. It's awful. And then there's this. Then there's this. These are good ones. I'm just telling y'all. These are my stick figures. This is your family. Now, if you're not married today, you don't count. But you do count still because y'all have stuff with your family. Okay? And some, some, some students in here, you struggle with your family. And I get that. And it's hard. <laughs> okay? Y'all just stay with me. Then get married. Y'all all need to be saying amen, even if you have to whisper it. Because if you have someone in your life that you didn't grow up with, it's hard, right? Right? It's hard. And then you got that one crazy uncle. That one crazy aunt that comes to your house at Thanksgiving or Christmas when you're trying to get a break. And their breath smells bad. And they won't leave you alone. And they're nuts. And they tell you everything about how to do your job. And they won't leave you alone and you're crazy. And then they get in trouble and they want you to bail them out. And then, not just that, but what about, what about this? And what about relationships in general? What about spouses in here? How difficult that is. And you know what this leads to, guys? This leads to this, doesn't it? This leads to this. I'm, I'm dating him. So it's cool if I do this, right? Because sex isn't that big of a deal. God will forgive me. Can I, can I just tell y'all where we're heading? A lot of times what happens is our circumstances begin to define us and we begin to make our own rules. And, and listen, freedom isn't a list of do's and don'ts. It's not. I celebrate the fact that it's not a list of do's and don'ts, but it's also not this. It's also not I get to do whatever I want to because then I don't think we've ever experienced freedom in our lives freedom is I see what I once was and I don't let my circumstances dictate what I am. I am running from what I was because I have freedom in Jesus Christ. And, and it's not if I do, I do, I do, I do, then I'm okay. And if I don't, I don't, I don't, then I'm not. But it's also not what can I get by with. It, it's cool, right? I, I'm just going to live with my girlfriend for just a little while. It's no big deal, but, but we're just going to test this thing out. And so we let our circumstances begin to dictate what we do. And it's the easiest thing in the world to do, isn't it? The easiest thing in the world to do. And all of us have been guilty of something like that before. And then just this one for every married couple in this room, because that's when you're supposed to have sex and no other time. 
It's stressful when you're married, isn't it? And if any of y'all say it's not, I need you to come talk to me and help me understand how it's not. Because it's stressful. It causes tension. She wants it more than I do. I want it more than she does. I don't know what to do. Why is she crazy? Just about every person. That wasn't about my wife. That wasn't about my wife. That wasn't about my wife. But for real, right? This is stressful. And my circumstances begin to overwhelm me. And I look at all these things. Heaven forbid. If y'all don't have one of these, then God bless you. I wish I didn't. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Because you can't go anywhere without being on your cell phone, can you? And I can't either. And then this, do I buy another one? Should I get one that has a $500 payment a month? Should I buy an old lemon that I'm going to have to fix up? My brother-in-law's head gasket blew on Thursday, and it broke my heart. And he's trying, like we are, to be smart and save money. And then when you do that, I'm screwed. And circumstance, circumstance, circumstance. And then this is the last one I'm going to mention. Just because if you're basically most people in here, because I know most of you guys, at least by social media, and most of us have these, don't we? Most of us have these. And here's what's really sad is they define us. These begin to define us because we are how many friends we are on a freaking social media network. Really? Oh, I got 100 likes. Woo! I got 270 followers on Twitter now. That's how important I am. And our value is in this. And if you're not guilty, that's awesome. Because I am. And I'm not saying necessarily this week. But I'm saying in the past I've been guilty of it. And this is why. This is why. So often what we do is allow our circumstances to define what we really are. Even those of you that would say that I'm a Christian today, and guys, I'm talking to both of you, the ones that would say I'm not a Christian, the ones that would say I am, both of us define ourselves by what our circumstances are currently dictating. And here's the reason that's not freedom. If I am defined by what I once was or what I currently am going through, then there is no freedom in that whatsoever. And that's what we're going to look at in just a few minutes for just a few minutes, excuse me, with the life of Abraham, is at first he does well, and then he loses his mind. And so often that's what we do. Guys, listen, you are not what you once were. That is not what defines you. It is what he, excuse me, he is in you that defines you, and that must be our reality. So I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 11, just a couple verses, and then we're going to get right in. It says, by faith, he, being Abraham, went to live in the land of promise as a as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Faith is what comes, is how freedom comes in. This is the part I want you to get, okay? This is the part I want you to get. Abraham screwed up a lot, and we're going to see that some today. But, but here's the tension in my life that we can get from Hebrews 11. Ultimately, he looked forward to the city whose foundations and designer were God and not me. And oftentimes when these things, when all these things are what dictates my life, it's, it's what runs my life, it's what is my life, this is too hard. When this is what defines me, I'm not looking to God. I'm not looking to have him help me. And ultimately, I fix my problems and believe that I have the solution for freedom. And some of you in this room would say, Pastor Mark, that's not true, but I, I'm arguing with you today in a good way 
I'm arguing with you today that all of us are this at some point in time. That we all look and say, no, I can fix this, I can fix this, this is, this is not good. But ultimately, ultimately, based on where all of you are in this room, and there's so many different personality types and issues that are going on, this is what I need you to know if you don't remember anything else that I say, that God is greater than my circumstances. That no matter what I'm going through, some, some of y'all, I know it's sicknesses. And I didn't even put anything down like that, did I? I didn't put a mask for sicknesses. Some of y'all have lost loved ones. And I didn't have an obituary. And that's really hard. And no matter what it is that you're going through, whether it's stuff in this box or in this bucket, I mean, or, or those things, or even something even harder, if it's, if it's a loved one that's in, in, in prison, no matter what it is today, God's greater. Here's the deal. Do we really believe that? It's awesome to say it, isn't it? It's awesome to say, yeah! Ow! But do we really believe that? Do we really believe that God's greater than our circumstances? Will you pray with me? God, in just the next couple minutes, will you move on us like only you can and help us realize that you really are greater than our circumstances based on the life of Abraham. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Abraham, up till this point, remember, had moved out. He had moved out of the city of Ur where it was like a, it was healthy. It was, it was dumb for him to do this because he was rich. Then he had moved out. And he went to a place of promise, and he's on the way. And we're going to pick up in verse 8 of Genesis chapter 12. And this is what it says. From there, so after he had left, he's moving on. From there, he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord, and he called upon the name of the Lord. Any of y'all watch um, Hell on Wheels, show on AMC? Any of y'all watch that? One? Two. All right. So, so Hell on Wheels, apparently it's not as popular as I thought it might be. Hell on Wheels is a show about right after the Civil War, they start building the railroad trying to get to the West Coast. And along the way, they, they live in tents. And when they move, they build other tents. They move, they build other tents. And um, it's going on right now. It's on Saturday nights on AMC. But it's like heartbreaking because you see how hard their life was moving and living in tents along the way. And it's kind of giving me an interesting picture of what life might have been like to live in a tent. Because it sounds fun, right, for a weekend. Some of y'all have done that. It never really sounds fun to me. But for some of y'all, y'all like to camp and, and go for a weekend in a tent. I like air conditioning, but that's all right. But, like, even if it's fun for a weekend, none of us want to do that for a long period of time because we need our comfort. And so in this case, in this case, his circumstances went from, listen, from wealthy and healthy and happy and his dad's money and everything you can imagine to stepping out, to going to the next step, to going further toward what God wants. And then check this out. He has to live in a tent. His circumstances suck, right? It's not good. This is not good. And they're about to get worse. And everything in us, what, what we think right at this point is, uh, God, this is not the dude that I signed up for. I signed up for, like, the good stuff, right? The, the fun, happy life. Like, this isn't the happy life that I signed up for, so that's uncool. And this is the part, y'all, listen. If we're going to get anything out of this message, this is it. This is what you're supposed to do. He built an altar to the Lord. And what does this say? Y'all say it out loud. Start right here. Say it one more time. Called on the name of the Lord. He called on God. 
Here's where I screw up big time. Maybe y'all do too. When this begins to define my life, my house, it costs too much. It's, it's, it's falling apart. My job, my circumstances, all these circumstances start, start just going crazy in our lives, right? Are y'all with me? All these circumstances in our lives are going nuts. How many times do I not call on the name of the Lord? Like this is the answer. Call on the name of the Lord. So here's the deal. If we know the answer, is it not ridiculous if we screw up? Well, actually, yes, but we do it all the time, don't we? Like if you don't do this, if, you, if you've got it all figured out and you never forget to call on the name of the Lord and you never forget by trying to fix everything in your life, that's fantastic. That's not a lot of people in here, is it? We're, we're messed up people. We, we struggle. And this is the part of the story that I find so interesting is right after this, Abraham knew what to do, then, then another difficulty comes on top of it. Now, can I just tell you, like last week in my life was seriously what we experienced last week was not normal. It was not normal. What God did in this room last week was not normal. And so for me, it was a great experience. I mean, like seriously, beyond just people standing up, which is unbelievable to trust Christ, it was a great experience. And it's a mountaintop. And what we think is, mountaintops should be every day, and they always come back down. And when the mountain starts coming back down, what we want to do is, no, 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 push back, push back, push back, I'm going back up. And sometimes God wants to teach us on the way down more than he wanted to teach us on the way up, but we fight against it, and then we try to fix it, and then we push back, and we forget to call on the name of the Lord. And that's the part that God wants to, to get us to and bring us to and, and teach us and move us to the next one because there is another mountain coming. Some of us just never get to that next mountain. And it's because we begin to let our situation, excuse me, and circumstances, our things that we're struggling with, define who you are. Define what you're about. This is who some of you are in your own minds, and it is not true. But you can't look past the scale and what those numbers read on it to believe what God believes about you. The reality that he is and what he's done in you fails to exist when circumstances surround me. And the reason that happens is because I do not call on the name of the Lord. It says, and Abram journeyed on, still going toward Negev. And so he was still going, still trusting the Lord. And then this is what happened. Now, there was a famine in the land. So Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was severe in the land. And so this famine was horrible and it was taking over the whole land and, and, and he didn't have a choice but to go to Egypt that was the wealthiest place in the world at that time. And they also had prepared well to have stuff if something like this happened, right? So, so they went to Egypt to get food and to be taken care of. Now listen, listen, this is really important. This is what so many of us do. We start thinking ourselves through these things and we're like, okay, okay, okay. Like, I got this, and I got this bill, and I got these, all these other things, and I got to take care of this, and I got to fix this, and I've got, I'm in charge, and this is good. These things are coming. So for me to have freedom, for me to have this life where it's happy and good, and for me to do this thing, I've got to fix everything. This is what I'm going to do. When he was about to enter Egypt, he said, this is freaky. If this doesn't make y'all feel a little crazy, then maybe y'all aren't dudes and married, because all of us in here, if he's going to go, what? Right? So, so. And even if you're not married, by the way, I don't think this matters. It's weird. So he says, when he was about to enter Egypt, he said, to, it's pronounced Sarai, but it's eventually Sarah, his wife, I know that you're a woman, beautiful in appearance. Translation according to Mark, you are hot, right? You are hot. 
So, next verse, and when, and when the Egyptians see you, they will say, she is hot. Right? I'm just, I mean, that's just what the translation should say. Because then they will, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me. Because she is hot. Y'all picking up on it. That's good. That's good. And he probably had a reason to be concerned. Because the Bible does say several times in Genesis, Moses tells us according to his studies that she was extremely attractive. She was a beautiful woman, the most beautiful woman of that day. And so a man in his lust would look at her and say, she is hot. She is hot. I like her. Sarah's the one I want. And so circumstances aren't good. I'm going into a foreign land. I don't know these people. This is the most powerful place on the planet. I've got all these things that I'm dealing with. What do I do? She is hot. Say you are my sister. (laughs) That it may go well with me because of you. For real. Like that doesn't make any of the rest of y'all go, huh? Is this real? Like, let's pump the brakes just a minute on this. Say you're my sister instead of my wife thing. Are you sure this is what you want to do? Say that you're my sister so it may go well with me and that my life may be spared for your sake. Translation, you are hot. They will kill me. I am scared. I'm going to fix everything so my life's taken care of because I do not trust God anymore like I trusted him in the tents to take care of my situation and circumstances. These circumstances are bigger than God. Have you ever been there? These circumstances are bigger than God. I can't handle this anymore. God could handle the other thing, but God can't handle this. So I'm nervous. I'm afraid. I, I don't, God can't handle this. If you've never been there, then that's fantastic. But I'm not sure that I can put us on the same page because, listen, every week of my life, I face something like this. Now, it's never been Leah. Ooh, it's weird. But, right, but it's something where I look at these things or other things in my life and I say, God, I'll take care of this one. I don't know if you're big enough to handle this. We put God in a tiny, tiny box and say, you're big, you're awesome. I'll raise my hands and worship you. But when it comes down to it, I don't know if I can handle this. And it's tough. And we lose our minds in what freedom really looks like of what I used to be and where he wants me to go. And I say, I'm going to fix this problem, God. I'll give you this later. And so instead of having freedom in Jesus Christ, like we all do that have trusted Christ and we want some of you to have, we say, no, I'll dictate this one. Can I just tell you what Scripture says? It says that sin is pleasurable for a season. And that pleasure is not always for my enjoyment, but sometimes for my safety. Because it is not safe, always safe, to follow God. Because sometimes he puts you in Egypt. And sometimes you have no control if they kill you. And sometimes you have no control of what happens. But there's always peace. And there's always joy. And there's always hope. And there's always freedom. Guys, what this is, is a picture of putting yourself in chains. And then when you can take a step back and look from 35,000 feet and look down on yourself and say, what in the heck am I doing? I'm about to let my wife go in and do the wild thing with freaking Pharaoh. Ah! But listen, when circumstances are what's defining us, we don't think like that at all, do we? There's There's no logic. There's no ration at all. We just think, how can I fix this problem? How can I fix this problem? Because I'm scared to death. And so he said, please, for my sake, Will you spare me? When Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw that she was hot. Right? 
And when the princes of Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. Now, we don't know for sure what happened. And there's no one place in the Bible that says this is what happened. Okay? But it's probably not a good sign if she goes into the house. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, it's probably not like they're going to pray. And many people believe that they didn't get crazy. But to me, that's not even the issue. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's the issue of the point that I look at my wife and say, I need you to save my life because God's not good enough. And so I'm going to start dictating what my circumstances are so it fits my needs. Because I really just don't trust this God thing anymore. He's, he's, not, he's really big and he's awesome, but he's not quite this big. And so, so i got to take matters into my own hands. And there was no rationalization whatsoever, was there? Because it freaks me out to consider the fact that I would give my wife, who I love more than anything else in this world, other than my relationship with Christ. She is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And for me to give her up for another man, to take as his own, which did not ultimately end up happening, but it was what he wanted to happen so that he was safe is beyond ludicrous. And so this week I'm looking at this and I'm reading this and I'm going, this cat was lunatic. Like, what an idiot, right? Making fun of him in my heart. And then I start looking at my life. And I'm like, really, hypocrite? (laughs) That's awesome. You are making fun of him in this particular thing. But what about your life and what you're doing right here? What about when you look at your circumstances and you realize that it's tough and so you begin to be make, making excuses to try to fix your situations and then on top of that it couples and you, make, you, you, start, you start feeling bad about what's happening in your life when it comes to sin and then on top of that you start making excuses on, on making excuses and making excuses and trying to fix it. And then it's like I, can't, I don't understand what happens and the snowball gets so deep. And that's what happens. And listen to what this says, and for her sake he dealt well with Abram. And he had sheep and oxygen, oxen, excuse me, and male donkeys, male servants, female servants, female donkeys and camels. He had everything you can imagine. Isn't that kind of what we want in life? All these things that your mind can conceive, Abram immediately had. He went from rich to following God. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to trust you. I'm in freedom. I look back. I don't want to be what I once was. But then I consider my circumstances and I say, ah, this is too hard. I want all these things again. It's too hard. This is what's so hard with God. This is what's so difficult with this Christian life that we live. It is freedom. And it is, listen, it's absolutely freedom. But the other's so fast. I can have it just like this. Matter of fact, the Bible says it's pleasurable for a season. And it happens just like this. I can have it at a moment's notice. I can have it just like this because my circumstances, I, I got to have something. I got to have something new. I got to have something that. I got to have a piece of that. I got to get some of that. I, 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 I'm not happy. And my insides begin to dictate what happens to me instead of my relationship with Christ. And then we say, but it's for the sake of freedom. It's okay. God forgives me. Now see, see, that's not freedom. It, holding a carrot out and saying that it's okay to do it is not freedom. Freedom is considering what I once was and what I deserve. That I deserve hell forever and ever because of the vile human being that I really am and realizing what Christ has done in me. 
and realizing the man that I don't have to be anymore, even though I'm capable of any form of sin, what he's done in me. No, that's freedom. Freedom is considering what I once was and what he is inside of me. That is freedom. I do not want to do these things anymore because I want Jesus Christ to fill my life every single day. That is freedom. Freedom is not looking at all the things that I get to do because if that is what we do with freedom, then we have never experienced freedom in the first place. It is considering where I was and knowing that that is not what defines me anymore. These things do not define Mark H. Pangle. What defines me is my relationship with Jesus Christ and then I'm alive in him. I am in Christ. Whatever people think about me is whatever people think about me. It certainly hurts sometimes, but that is not what defines me. And the minute it does, this is where I will lead. Guys, this is the best part of the verse. This is the best part of the story right here. Verse 17 says, but God, but the Lord. Why is it, man, that God doesn't look at me and say, what an idiot, man. For real? You would do something so stupid that you would give your wife up? And she could have become a wife of Pharaoh if, if I wouldn't have intervened? Really? Like, why does God look at me and not go, Mark, you are just a moron, and I'm so tired of taking in account how stupid you really are. Because that is how I would treat me. Matter of fact, let's be honest with ourselves right now. That is how I treat me, isn't it? Isn't that what we do to ourselves? Don't we lie to ourselves constantly and say, I'm not worth forgiving. I'm not worth having a second chance. This is my worth. This is my value. This is what I really mean. What Jesus Christ is in me, that's not how I'm defined. It's what I've done wrong. I'm not forgivable. I'm not worth giving a second chance to. But that's not how God feels about you. It says, but God afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh called Abram and said what is this you have done to me bro for real you were so worried that you you didn't trust the God that what have you done why did you not tell me that she was your wife hey can I tell you some really cool news a lot of times in leadership what we do is we say it's cool to make mistake one time but you need to learn from that mistake. Y'all with me? I really want you to learn from that mistake. How about this happens? I'm not preaching on this, so I want to tell you about it in the next couple of weeks. How about Abraham does this again with Abimelech? For real? <laughs> like, you just want to look at him and say, bro, I don't think you get three strikes on this one, right? You are beyond a moron for letting your wife leave your sight, saying she's your sister, and possibly going to marry someone else, which she did not. But you knew that was the outcome, and you did not care because the only thing you cared about is you. And then he does it again. Can I tell you why that gives me hope this morning? <laughs> because, man, I've repeated the same stupidity more than one time. And can I tell you the good news? It still does not define me. It still does not define me. And neither does this, and neither does this, and neither does my calendar, neither does my stress, neither does my difficulty at work. Neither does the difficulty with my kids. Neither does, is the difficulty with my spouse or my girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever it is. Neither is the sick person in your life. God loves them. More importantly, for your sake right now, God loves you. And he has not turned his back on you. And he has not looked at you and said, how dare you, you evil person. And can I tell you why? I wish I could understand this because if I could, I would write a book tomorrow. And it would be the best-selling book of all time other than the Bible. 
but there's no possible way to fully grasp what grace really means. And it means this, you, ma'am, and you, sir, and you, young person, wherever you sit, and whatever stupidity you've done in your life or whatever you believe the circumstance is that defines you, it is not what defines you. What defines you, ma'am or sir, that is a follower of Jesus Christ, is the fact that Jesus, for no reason that makes any kind of sense whatsoever, came down here and took on what is your, in this case, stupidity, right? The evil that lives inside of me that I believe defines me because I am convinced that what I have been and what even I've done this week is what I am. But no, listen, no. It's what Jesus says. No, I'll take on that sin for your sake so that you can be clothed in my righteousness so that when people see you, more importantly, when I see you, I, I see clean, forgiven, and Jesus. Guys, when God sees us, he doesn't see you. He sees his son. I don't get it. I don't get why when we do these things, why God still loves us. Because we don't love us. But he does. Guys, freedom is looking at what I could be or what I once was and running away from it. There is no freedom in sin. But you're also not defined by what you were. There is hope in every circumstance, no matter how bad you've done, no matter where you've been. You can't screw up bad enough, and I don't get it. But I do believe it with every ounce of my soul, and this is where freedom happens in your life. When I just look at where I was and I say, God, no longer is that going to define me, but what is going to define me is Jesus. I'm tired. I'm worn out. I've tried so hard to make myself better in these areas and let that be what defines me. It is not, friend, what defines you. Truly what you are in Jesus Christ defines you. And so this is what I want you to do this morning. In just a second, the band's going to come back up and they're going to sing. And we're going to close a little bit different today. But right now, as the band is playing, I want you to take the card that I ask you to fill out and I want you to write the thing that you believe defines you right now. The circumstance in your life that is overwhelming you, and it may be three or four things, but it's the thing that's overwhelming you so much that you have no freedom, let's be honest. It, is, it, is, it has got you in a jail cell. It may be a relationship. It may be a bad habit. It may be something that you did not cause on your own, but here's the deal. If you don't let God, on his behalf, fight for you, then you are considering that you can handle it on your own, and I promise you, you cannot. So just right where you sit, right where you sit, Will you just write that down? And then what we want you to do is drop it in the box in just a few minutes when we finish. Or keep it and ask God as a reminder, God, this is not what defines me, but Jesus Christ is. So as we sing, will you write that down and then you can stand with us. me, but I will hold my ground. I will not fear the war, I will not fear the storm, because my help is on the way, my help is on the way. 
surrounds me, chaos about me, my soul will rest in you. I will not fear the war, I will not fear the storm, my help is on the way, my help is on the I lift my eyes. I lift my eyes up. My help comes from the Lord. And I lift my eyes up. My help comes from the Lord. Sing it out. from the Lord. I lift my eyes up, my help comes from the Lord. From you, Lord, from you, Lord. Oh, my God, He will not delay. He's my refuge, just
stay standing just right where you are, and we're going to close in just a minute. Um, but here's the deal with, with, with a service like today, with what I believe in some of your lives that God may be saying to you, I don't want to miss an opportunity to give you a chance to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ for the first time. And this is what it looks like. It's not about coming and shaking my hand or a magic prayer that I can wave over you and all of a sudden you're saved. It's about saying, God, what I used to be, what I was today, what I was before I came here is not how I will be defined anymore. It will be in Christ. That I will have a new name, that I will have a new hope, and that I will have freedom in Jesus Christ from now and forevermore. I am surrendering my heart and life to Jesus today because he first loved me enough to send Jesus down to take on what I am and what I used to be defined as. I want freedom in Jesus Christ. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead and he is who he says he is. And listen, there are several of you in this room that you don't know. And right now, there's never been a better time. I want you to raise your hand in front of everybody and say, I want freedom, Pastor Mark. That is me. I want freedom in Jesus. If that's you right now, wherever you are, raise your hand right where you stand and say, Pastor Mark, that's me. As high as you can raise it, I want you to say, Pastor Mark, that's me. Who else? Who else? Who else? Raise your hand up. Raise your hand up. Keep them up. Keep them up. Let's celebrate together. Who else? Who else right now says, Pastor Mark, that is me. I want freedom. Josh right here is coming to, to bring you something that we want you to fill out. Hey, listen. Listen. Every one of you, every one of you, that would say, I am in Christ. That I am in Christ. You say, okay, okay, I believe you. What do I do? This is my challenge to you. Wake up every single morning and look at Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, it says that I'm going to view God's mercies. All that he's done for me. You say, what has he done? This. Freedom. That's what he's done for me. It's not circumstances. It's freedom. Listen. Every single day that I wake up, I get in my shower. That's a good thing to do. And I look and I say, God, I don't get why you love me, but you do. And I look to you, the author and the perfecter of my faith, that I believe you are Jesus, you are Lord, and I serve you. This body is not mine. It's yours. And that's what he says to do. Offer me as a sacrifice to him. And then don't be conformed to what you think is okay. There's not a list of do's and don'ts, but it's also not a list of what I get to do's. It's what I used to be and what I am in Him. And I'm doing everything that I do for Jesus. And at that point, there's freedom. Do it every day. There's freedom. So when you leave here today, don't try to be good on Friday. Don't try to be good at all. On Monday, be in Christ. And then when you're in Christ on Monday, be in Christ on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, and all of a sudden people will come up to you and say, what is it about you, man? I want that peace. You say, I got freedom. I'm living free. And it's not about me or what I do. It's about Jesus and what he is inside of me. Hey, if you've been saved, I want you to take your next step. I want you to go back to that table next week. We're going to have the best baptism service we've ever had. And we want all of you to get dunked with us next week because we're going to celebrate that we're up having Jesus. We want you guys to take your next step next week if you've never been baptized. So see that on the way out. Hey, we're going to close and celebrate that we're alive in Jesus. Will you sing with us?